evening. Uh, once again, I get the privilege of being able to uh, uh, introduce someone that's not a new face to this house, been with us for uh, a year or two, uh, or four, or 20, or three, 23 or so. Uh, but anyway, our, our worship pastor, I asked, uh, I asked him, uh, Bobby Nick, to talk on uh, Stir Up the Gift. And uh, and I really, even as I was thinking earlier, as I was talking about inside of us, having the, the power of God inside of us, uh, too often we, we uh, are looking for something spectacular and we miss the supernatural. And uh, we, we have what it takes inside of us many, many, many times to uh, put us over, to uh, uh, provide for us or whatever it is that we have need of in our life. And so uh, I'm, I'm really excited about tonight's message. And uh, God can do in one moment what it takes us a lifetime to try to accomplish. And sometimes we won't even accomplish it. And so tonight, please open your ears, open your heart, let God speak to you, because I believe he wants to speak to you tonight. And so, Pastor Bobby, would you come on up and share the word with us? Let's give him a big hand. There it is. Okay. Too many buttons. It had like three on there. Um, well, Pastor Marvin said something a while ago that made me remember something I read once um, that I thought was kind of cool, but it said that, um, I forget what he said, but it made me think about miracles. Maybe that was what it was. He said something about miracles. But um, I read something one time where it said that miracles are not against nature. They're only against what we know about nature. And I thought, now that will make you stop and think a minute. Um, you know, we've we've we sometimes get to a place. Um, I know, at least I have. I know I've heard my wife say things to me before, like, you know, why doesn't why doesn't this happen, or you know, why doesn't that happen? Why doesn't um, why doesn't miracles happen here? Or that you know, you all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Almost kind of like you don't know, like why does it not seem like God doesn't move in certain areas? And of course, there's you know, we could talk for a million years on that subject, but but. Um, but, you know, God wants to do something great um, for us all the time. Um, it's just up to us. And a lot of times that's the reason why nothing happens is because he, he's left that up to us. You know, God doesn't, um, God doesn't um, operate off of need. Um, he operates off of faith. Only when we say, God, we believe you, and then we step out there and act on what his word says, that's when God acts. And not until then. You know, my mom used to say, um, there's a lot of starving kids in Africa. Or at least that's the way it was when we were growing up. You know, you always see these TV shows where they got starving kids in Africa. And you know, God's not feeding those kids. He's not just, you know, he can rain, he can rain bread down from heaven. You all know that, right? He could feed those kids in, in a moment. He could, feed all, he could feed everyone, take care of everyone. But he doesn't do that. He's left that up to you and I. When we step out in faith and say we're going to see this need and we're going to step out there and do it, it's left up to us. Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, of course, our, my message is stir up the gift. 
And we're going to be reading in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, if you guys want to turn there in your Bibles, or you can look up on the screen, either one. But before I do, let me pray. Let me um, talk to God. Um, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We always just want to acknowledge you in everything that we do, because without you, we can do nothing, can say nothing that really means anything. You are everything, and you always will be, and you always have been. And I just wanted to ask that that tonight, um, that tonight, if nothing else, that each and every one in this room would would just see the, a next step to take in what you've called us to do. We know you have a beautiful plan for us, and we thank you for letting us take another step tonight. In Jesus' name. Well, let me go ahead and get on into this. Um, you know. This stir up, this this these two words, stir up, you know, it's not anywhere else in the Bible. Um I looked up the I looked up in the Greek, you know, because the New Testament was translated from Greek. Other other languages too, kind of, but Greek mainly. And so I looked uh, looked it up and, and I'll I'll get to what that word is in a minute. It's a really long word. But we're gonna break it down a little bit. But that word in the in our Bible, in our New Testament was only used one time in the whole New Testament. And so it was kind of hard to research that a little bit. You know, you kind of like to get some context about stuff, but, but you know, there's lots of scriptures that kind of, kind of you know, point at it a little bit. But let me go ahead and get into this thing and read it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 1 through 8, and I'm going to be reading in the Amplified Bible. It was just kind of neat how it kind of brought out some things. But this is Paul writing to Timothy. So he says, so... Uh, Paul, an apostle, a special messenger of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing, mercy, and heart peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I worship with a pure conscience in the spirit of my fathers, when without ceasing I remember you night and day in my prayers. And when, as I recall your tears... I yearn to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith, the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. A faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am fully persuaded dwells in you also. That is why I would remind you to stir up Rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning, of, and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of common well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but with me take your share of the suffering to which the preaching of the gospel may expose you and do it in the power of God. Now, you know, for a long time I used to kind of, when I would read Timothy and I kind of understood that it was kind of like Paul um, talking to a young minister, you know, I almost kind of used to categorize uh, okay, this is for ministers, you know, like Pastor Marvin. This is this this part of the Bible is for Pastor Marvin, and then this part is for all of us that are not really called to be, 
you know, a pastor. You know, Ephesians talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, well, I used to kind of categorize some of the Bible as talking to, well, these five guys over here, and then the rest is, and here's some for us. But, you know, I don't think God meant for the book of First or Second Timothy to just be for pastors. You know, it really never mentions that Timothy is a pastor. It never even really mentions that he's one of those, you know, that he fits in one of those five ministry gifts. He he was just somebody that helped Paul, and and he was a leader. But we're all called to be leaders, right? So, so when I so now that when I read it, I have to make sure that I kind of renew my mind to the fact that you know this is not just for somebody that was you know called to be a pastor or or an evangelist or something like that. It's for this is for all of us. And so we've all been given gifts. And I know that our, sometimes my mind kind of goes in weird places when I think about gifts because, you know, you kind of almost want to think about, well, the really important gifts. This is for the people that really have really important gifts, you know. And you kind of categorize them. But I want us to all know that we all have gifts and they're all very important. Amen. All very important. You know, I think about the man or the person who... Helped Billy Graham get born again. Can you imagine that guy? We, we don't even we don't hardly hear about that guy, but he he helped bring Billy Graham to Jesus, and then look what Billy Graham did. So, you know, so we can't look at our gifts and think, well, my gifts are not as important as his gifts or her. No, all of our gifts are super important. And you know, Paul talks about that they laid hands on Timothy and prayed over him. You may not have ever been prayed for and had somebody lay their hands on you and ordain you as, as they did to Timothy, but that still doesn't mean, again, that your gifts are not important and that God's going to use them and wants to use them. Um, just like it says here in, let me see what verse it was. Um, I think in verse 8, how Paul says that your gifts, he said, don't be ashamed to testify to and for our Lord. Uh, I can guarantee you any gift that God has given you or me, you may even you may not even know what your gifts are. You may not even you have no you might not even have a clue. But I can guarantee you that your gift or gifts are for the testimony of Jesus Christ. They're not for you know doing what you want to do, and it's not for you. It's really not for you. It's for God and for others. It's for the testimony. Of Jesus. So, my first point this evening is we must have sincere, undisguised, no hypocrisy faith. And I get this from verse, I think it's verse 5. Let me make sure. Let me look at, let me look at verse 5 here. Yeah, he talks about, I'm calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith. In the King James Version, it said... Um, Unfeigned. There you are. In the in the King James version, it said your unfeigned faith. I didn't know what unfeigned. I I thought it might. I thought it meant genuine, and it kind of does, but sincere, really. But I went and looked it up. I went and kind of did some studying on it, and it meant sincere. It meant without dissimulation. Again, I didn't know it. I'm like, God, why can't they speak English? You know, (laughs) God, so many of these. Long words that you don't, you know. You, I, how many of y'all use the word dissimulation in everyday conversation? It's been a long time since I used that word. But it basically, it basically means sincere. It meant, I read one place that said undisguised. 
Uh, dissimulation is hypocrisy. It, it, dissimulation meant hypocrisy. So we have to have faith that is genuine, sincere, no hypocrisy faith. You know, um, as the days get closer to his return, there are going to be lots of hypocrites. And I know that hypocrites get a really bad rap, and as they should probably. But Christians get a bad rap of being hypocrites a lot. You know, that's the first thing. Man, I mean, when I, when I was younger and I'd go and witness to people, man, I'd hear that all the time. Well, Christians are hypocrites. And I'm, and I'm going, I mean, how can an unbeliever call somebody else a hypocrite? I mean, you know, right? I mean, you're a hypocrite too. I mean, in a sense. But there's going to have to be come. There's going to have to come a day where we're going to have to stop our hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Doing one thing and saying another, right? And so we got to we got to get to a place to where we can't do that. Because um, it, I mean, it almost kind of goes against the whole walking by faith and and then act on your faith. I mean, how, how can you say one thing and then not not do another? And I wanted to I wanted to show you guys another scripture verse. I don't know that I don't know that we have it up there, but in First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve through sixteen, and against it, again, of course, it's Paul talking to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy some things here. And he even mentions in this script, in these verses, he even mentions again a gift. In verse 14, he tells Timothy, don't neglect your gift. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. In verse 15, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and them that hear thee. If we don't, if we don't get sincere with our faith and act on what we know is the truth, we will never see any of the blessing or the profiting that God has for us and others. You know, if we're hypocrites about our faith, you know, if we say one thing and do another, if we say, well, you need to go to church or you need to except Jesus, and then we're not really living for Jesus. How is that ever going to profit you or anybody else that's listening to you? And isn't that really what it's about? Isn't really what this life is about is us preaching the gospel? I mean, that's really what, that's really, we are not here for ourselves. God didn't put us on this earth and say, okay, do whatever you want. He didn't. Quite the contrary. Man, we're like, we're like slaves. We're like, you know, we are his slave. I mean, basically, we are his. We are to live our lives as though Jesus, whatever you want me to do, we are to, to be completely surrendered to him. So, our gifts. Let me just ask you guys some questions. Uh, as Christian people, are we supposed to read our Bibles? Yeah, sure. Are we supposed to talk to God every day? All the, all day, right? The Bible says the Bible says all day, every day, be meditating His Word. You know. Are we supposed to are we supposed to gather as believers like we're doing tonight? Sure. Lots of things we could we could say all kinds of things. Well, just ask yourself, are you doing that? You know, you're your biggest critic, you're your biggest judge. Really, you should be your own, you know, besides God, of course. Judge yourself, lest you be judged. 
you know? So we, and we know, each one of us, each and every one of us, even tonight as I'm speaking this, you know there's something in the back of your mind that's going, uh-huh. You remember, you know you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be doing this and you're not really doing, right? I don't have to beat you up about it, right? You're beating yourself up a lot of times. Well, let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's change. Let's go ahead and act on that. All right? Okay. I always like to, I always like to talk about, I always like to talk about giving because that's, I know that's a gift that God has given me. Now, I'm talking about a financial money type giving. I, I, I just know, I know that's the way God bent me. He made me that way. I'm just a giver. I, and that's just me. I'm, you know, don't mean that that's, that, that necessarily might not necessarily be a gift for you, but I know that's a gift for me. And I like to give. Now, my, my own, my personal conviction, um, I kind of think everybody should give. Everybody should give over their finances. I mean, that's kind of what tithing and giving is, tithing and offering. Um, so that's kind of a, a gift for, that we all, you know, should look at and, and take advantage of that and do that, make sure that we're operating in there. Um, as I was sitting over here just a little while ago, and it really doesn't have to do anything with, about giving, but I thought about Samson. You know, Samson had some pretty cool gifts, right? He's really strong, physically strong. But he did. But he a lot of times he didn't use his gifts, or he didn't use them correctly. You know, Samson was real flippant with his gifts. He was real. Uh, you know, he wasn't really. He didn't really like. Um, he didn't really respect and reverence his gifts. You know, um, he'd do things he knew he shouldn't have been doing, and he would just. And you know what's 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 cool is that is that God would still help him. Yeah. I mean, he, he. I mean, you're going, Samson. What? You know, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, and God would still, you know, he'd still tear down. You know, he'd still tear down a wall or something. You know, he'd still God would still let him use his gifts, but caught up with him. And I don't want us to ever get into that place where, you know, it catches up with us. So let's use our gifts. Let's use them correctly. I'll go ahead and go to point number two this evening. Uh, the gift should receive constant maintenance. And I wrestled with this point, you know, I don't, I don't hardly ever use the word maintenance either, but it just, it kind of drove the point across what I, kind of what I want to say. But, but the gift that you, the gift that you have or the gifts that you have that God's given you, um, of course, from the scripture verse that I read in Second uh, Timothy 1, you guys can see that it's going to have to be something that's going to be maintained all the time. He told Timothy, stir it up. Uh, in, in, the, in the other scripture verse that I read to you, First uh, Timothy 4, he said, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them. You know, don't neglect, don't ever neglect your gift. You know, if I was to give one of you guys, let's say, um, I thought about a harmonica just because I was over there thinking about a gift, you know. My wife's bought me several harmonicas, which are, they're cool, you know. French harp, they call them French harp or something like that. But if I was to give you a, a harmonica and you were just like, oh, this is awesome, you know. I've always kind of wanted to play harmonica and, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn how to play harmonica. But let's just say you left that harmonica somewhere where you couldn't get to it readily, you know, readily available. Now, is that harmonica going to do you any good? You know, sitting, you know, like let's just say that I, I gave uh, Vicky a harmonica and and she left it, you know, here at the church or something, you know. 
Well, if she's going to get good at playing harmonica, is that harmonica going to do her any good here? She can't practice it here if she's not here, right? So she's kind of neglecting that. Y'all understand where I'm going? Where I'm going? So you can't neglect that gift. You can't neglect that gift that's in you. Now, here I'm going to give you all this Greek word uh, for really in in where where we see stir up. It's two different words to us, but really in, in the Greek, it was just one word. And it's the word anadzoporio. Anadzoporio. Now, why their words are so long, I don't, I don't know. But here, maybe here's why. Because that word, anadzoporio, really was compri- comprised of three different Greek words, kind of all put together. The, the, the A-N-A means repetition or intensity. The zoon is a living thing, an animal, or a beast. And then the poor is fire or lightning. Now, isn't that some? Isn't that, isn't that weird? Stir up the gift. Intensify the gift. The animal, the beast, the fire, the lightning. That's pretty powerful words, right? Really powerful words. You know, I, I was uh, talking to it. To, I was talking to the praise and worship team about it here the other day, and I said, "You know, is God is God telling us to be a? Is He telling us to be a fire beast, a lightning beast? Is that what He's telling us? I mean, you know, when you think about the words lightning and fire and beast, that's some that's some pretty powerful words, right? And um, you know, it made me remember a scripture verse in Ezekiel where it says that our God is a fire from his loins up and a fire from his loins down. And I, and I said this. I said, God's made out of fire. And then I had to stop and I go, no, God's not made out of fire. Fire is made out of God. Right? Fire, God didn't come from fire. Fire came from God. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. But when you look in, but when you look, especially in the, in the, in the even in the Old Testament, when you look in the New Testament a lot, it refers to the Holy Spirit a lot of times as fire. And I don't, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why God wanted us to think about fire because He He refers to Himself in a lot of different ways: wind, breath, you know, lots of things. But but fire a lot of times in the Book of Acts, chapter two, it says, "And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, and suddenly." There came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. Amen. You know what? And and I and I want us. To, I wanted to kind of stop and think about a little bit about what fire does. You know, fire gives light. It gives warmth. Uh, it can heat things up. It can purify things. You know, a lot of times when you talk about gold or silver, they they put, you know, they put fire to it, and it gets all the impurities out of it. So fire does some really great things. And with this, with this stirring up this gift, we have to. This is something that we have to do all the time, all the time. Um, in thinking about Acts chapter two and the Holy Spirit being like fire, I thought, you know, that the Bible tells us to be filled with the Spirit, and it really means stay filled. Be being filled. It's a constant thing. 
you know, again, again with the harmonica, if Vicky practiced the harmonica a little bit every once in a while here and there, she might get okay. But what if she just played it all the time, always playing harmonica? Bound to get better at some time, right? So the same with the gift that God's given us. We have to continually keep that thing in use. Uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says, Never lag in zeal and in earnest, in, and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. So we see again just something that we must always have to do. Uh, there's a scripture in um, there's a f- scripture in Ephesians and Colossians that tells us about being filled. I believe it's in Ephesians that tells us about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then it goes on to say, speaking to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. So I always like to tell people, you know, hey, if you're if, when you're praying, sing to God. Sing to him. It, te- it tells us in Ephesians, if you sing, that be filled with the Spirit. Sing to yourself and to others. All right? So you guys might want to remember that. I'll go ahead and go to my third point this evening. We will have to confront fear and persecution. I didn't get very many amens on that one. Woo! Fear and persecution. Yeah. It's just part of the it's just part of the game, right? Yep. And that's and that's one of the things especially when we when we use these gifts and we stir up these gifts the there's going to always be the opportunity to shy back from it. There's always going to be the opportunity that we're probably going to get persecuted for it. Paul Paul told Timothy there in verse 8 Let me go to it and read it to you guys. He said, verse 8, Do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but with me, take your share of the suffering to which the preaching of the gospel may expose you and do it in the power of God. You know, I was thinking, um, I was thinking that if you have a gift it almost kind of makes sense that if you have a gift and God's wanting you to step out there and use that gift, especially if you're new to that gift, you know, like you don't, you know, maybe you just realize that God's operating through you with this certain gift and he's wanting you to step out and, hey, use that gift. Um, you know, we were we were praying uh, a couple of Sundays ago uh, for a guy uh, and Rachel, so me and Rachel uh, Salcedo was praying for him and... Um, and Tamara as well. And, um, man, you guys should have heard. You, I wish you guys could have heard Rachel Salcedo, man. I mean, just amazing. Just the stuff she says, and you're going, man, talk about some sincere faith, you know. Just She's just laying it out there for him, you know. And she's just telling him, this is the way it is. Just It was just so bold, and it was just so refreshing and I'm thinking, that's just, that's her gift. Now, the first, you know, when she first got born again, probably wasn't as easy, right? I mean, I can remember when I first started kind of playing guitar, when I first started playing, I didn't I didn't want to get up in front of everybody and play it. You know, I'm like, man, I, I stink, you know? But there's a little bit of a gift there. So when we, 
have that gift, recognize that gift, use those gifts, there's always going to be that potential that fear, we have to confront fear, we have to uh, confront persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Paul said again, all that live godly will suffer persecutions. We will. But as long as we're acting on our faith, what does it matter? You know, I was thinking today, um, I was thinking today with persecution, and we're warned in the Bible, even as even as the days get closer to his return, the persecution probably probably will get worse and worse. Um, I was reading, I was, uh, I think I was uh, watching Fox News just the other day, and they were talking about how many instances of of pers- uh, persecution against Christians in other countries was, and I was amazed at how much. I mean, it's bad. Like it's getting bad, bad. And I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that to you guys to like uh, make you afraid. But um, but you know, um, there's really not anything we can do about it. There's nothing we can really do about that persecution. You know, we can't we can't holler. Well, that's not fair. Can we? They're not. They're not going to listen. Can you imagine Jesus saying, "Hey, this ain't fair"? <laughs> it wouldn't have worked, would it? They still, they still hated him, and that's just the that's just the nature of it. Well, um, I guess that's all I need to say to you guys. Just checking my heart. Let's use our faith. Um, Let's use our faith. Um, you know, um, I got I thought a lot about um, our church when I was preparing this sermon, and um, you know, we want to we want to fill up every chair, right? We want there to be people here. We want there to be more and more people at the church. We want more and more people to to be born again to come to know Jesus. And you know how that we're gonna make that happen? All of us is by inviting people. Invite people to church. You know, you you may not, like, like I said earlier, you may not know what gifts that God has put in you, or you may not have um, developed those gifts. Um, you know, this tonight, talking about gifts might be the first time you thought, really, I got gifts? You do. And uh, you might think, you know, I don't know if I can preach the gospel. I don't know if I can tell somebody about Jesus. Well, just invite them to church, and we'll all do it together. How about that? Great, great way to do it. Let's get this place filled up. All right. Well, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name.